This is our 21st year. And in the studio with us this morning, Dwayne Bonifer College. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. One of our freezers coming up tomorrow. That's right. Can't wait to do it. It's. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, signature defining events of this community, the uh, freezing for food in terms of how a great example of how this community helps those in need, uh, lends a helping hand. It's just, a, I think, a great great uh, event that we have every year. Thank yeah. you very much for everything you do to organize it and coordinate it and make it such a great success. It is our pleasure. And one of the things I love about our local community are the people that come out and our local businesses. And thank you for bringing us uh, a 10 cup London Fog this morning. There we go. A little lo- local coffee, not locally grown, but lo- locally brewed. Yeah, we've got some great, uh, great businesses. All right, so let's talk about Monmouth College. Um, one of the things we, we definitely want to touch on is the Wilhart family and our condolences uh, to the Monmouth College family and the Wilhart family. Gary Wilhart, longtime English professor, uh, d- uh, died several days ago. Anyone who was involved with Monmouth College for, oh, I guess, the mid-1950s to about the early 2000s probably knew or knew of Gary Wilhart. Um, He was a graduate of the institution and then came back and taught at the college for several decades. Um, As anyone who runs a Facebook page knows, you can look at the analytics of your post. And when we posted about Gary it's been probably one of the 10 most popular posts of this uh, entire 2021 year. The comments that his former students and colleagues and co-workers and friends have been putting on the uh, Monmouth College Facebook page have been really touching. And more than anything, to me, it's a reminder of what makes Monmouth College special, right? It's those relationships between a faculty member and a student that are forged not just during the semester and not just during the four years, but throughout someone's lifetime. And uh, James Garfield famously once said about a professor at Williams College where he attended in Western Massachusetts, the ideal college setting is Mark Hopkins on one end of a log and a student on the other. And I think that perfectly describes Gary Wilhart over, although I only knew him during his retirement, through his involvement with Mellinger, um, hearing people such as my wife, who's a 1990 graduate of the college, talk about his being a representation of sort of the quintessential, not only small college professor, but mama college professor as well. And she said that he was one of those individuals who held you to high standards every day. And because he held himself to high standards. And she said that's something he's carried, that she's carried with her since her time at the college as well. Okay. Well said, Dwayne. And again, our, our uh, condolences and Love for the family uh, this morning and and uh, you know throughout this time. What a what a wonderful person to be remembered. It was and uh, the uh, both the Mammoth and the Galesburg newspapers have run the story that we published at the college. In fact, I think it's on page A three today of the Register Mail. And what's so unique about sort of the Wilhart story is that it's not so unique really that uh, a child f- f- uh, f- uh, follows their parent into higher education. That happens all the time. But what's really unique is the fact that Gary's son, Mark, not only became an English professor as well, and not only a uh, professor who studied poetry as well. Scottish poetry. Uh, Scottish poetry, but wound up coming to the same college where his father taught. Right. And that, that's something you don't always see in, at colleges in the United States. But I think it's one of the things that helps uh, 
uh, create and, and support and uh, advance what we call the mammoth ethos, right? And there's a mammoth way of doing things, a mammoth approach to something, a mammoth attitude toward how students are educated. And that's formed because individuals such as Gary Woolhart have influences on the next generation of college professors who follow them and Wallace Hall. And that's such an, an important aspect, I think, about Monmouth College. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And yes, um, the story that you wrote uh, is on our website as well under Top sure. Stories. And uh, feel free to, to learn all about Mr. Wilhart. And again, condolences to the family uh, as well. And um, good, good thing you're able to come in and tell us a little bit more about him. All right. Speaking of other activities and events at Monmouth College, you have a new trustee. Robin Galloway, member of the class of 1990, is joining the Monmouth College Board of Trustees. She's been a very active supporter of the college over the years, but when we were, when I was talking to her, to her about for the story, announcing her appointment to the board, she said, you know, even though I'm a, I've been a loyal donor for a number of years and have supported the college in many of its, its causes, she said, I really jumped at the opportunity to join the board of trustees because it's an opportunity to have even that much of a greater impact on the college and, of course, on the students as well at the college. She has an interesting career. She, in a lot of ways, personifies what it means to be a liberal arts graduate because she started out in the oil, working in the oil industry. She had an accounting degree from Monmouth College, then went to the automotive industry, then went to the dairy industry. Now she's president of a pretty large ice cream company. Uh, the company's based in Kansas City, but her offices are down in, in, in Dallas. And she talked about just how at Monmouth College, she learned how to take risk, take chances, to have a very broad approach to something. She was a very curious person as well, and she said that curiosity was nurtured very much while she was at Monmouth College. And I think that's one of the exciting things about having uh, a graduate join the Board of Trustees in that they understand that experience, that that transform you during your two, three, four years as a student at, at, at the college. And, and I say that because no matter how long you know, I'm at the college, no matter how hard I work, I'll never fully understand what it means to have that experience. And when you have the individuals who are making the decisions about the, the college have the benefit of that experience to be alums, more than 80% of the members of the Board of Trustees are Monmouth College alumni, then there's a special attention, I think, that, that they give, and, and there's such, I think, careful thought and deliberation and debate to the decisions they make, and I'm really excited to see the impact she'll have on the Board of Trustees. How many trustees do you have at Monmouth College? We have a little bit more than, than 40, um, and then, of course, there's also an executive committee as, as well. Um, most colleges, mom this size, have anywhere from three to four. Some some have as many as five dozen uh, trustees, de depending on your makeup, depending on your history as well. Um, but that that's a good number, and it brings, I think, a lot of diversity of thought and ideas and backgrounds, which is the most important, right? Because when you have someone who's worked in the ice cream business and has lived in Iowa and has lived in Michigan, lived in Chicago, uh, of course, Texas as well, they bring, I think, a great perspective to solving problems or creating new opportunities for your institution because, you know, I think that's one of the the real strengths, I, I can't think of how many states off the top of my head, but there are probably about 10 or 12 states that where Monmouth trustees live. And so that that's a great national perspective that you have about what's going on in, in the world. 
10 or 12 states represented. How many locally out of that 40 trustees do we have? Boy, that's a, that's a challenging question there. I'd say about half dozen or so. So there's a good number of folks who are, are local, or I would say within the, in the region as well, right? Um, and, and that's important, too, because they understand and they know the value that Monmouth College brings, not only to Monmouth, Illinois, Warren County, but to this region as well. Um, you know, this region is a different place and a different kind of place because it has Monmouth College here. And it's, you know, not only do we provide nine-month tourists to, to the region, who we call students, but we also bring a lot of guests from out of town, a lot of individuals from out of town to the community. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a natural enhancement that, that you have. It's sort of like having uh, a beautiful lake or beautiful scenery to having a, a wonderful residential liberal arts small college, I think helps the town in a, a lot of intangible ways as well as very tangible as well. Okay. And uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about Christmas at Monmouth. Uh, there's a concert. We've got a lot going on this weekend. We've got the <laughs> Monmouth Roseville Madrigal Singers <laughs> going right. on. Uh, we've got Christmas on the Square tomorrow night. Uh, there's so many, the United FFA offices. Yes. There's, there's a lot. You will have plenty to do. I tell you, if you can't get in the Christmas season after this weekend in Monmouth, Illinois, I think you might have the heart of Grinch before his heart grew 10 times too big or whatever it was in the, in, in the Dr. Seuss book. I, I, there's so much going on. I'm really excited about what's going on Friday night, by the way. I know that's not necessarily Monmouth College related, but I think that Christmas on the Square is going to be great. I am, I'm really looking forward to that. It's one of the things I love about living in Monmouth is we do so many neat community events and have these wonderful uh, festivals and m- moments and celebrations and, and, and gatherings, and I'm, I've been looking forward to that since they announced it. But yeah, then we have, you know, uh, I know Tim Pale will be in here tomorrow to talk about Christmas at Mama. That's going to be at 7.30 Saturday night over to Doll Chapel and Auditorium. It's going to be nice to have it in person again after taking off a year because of the pandemic. Uh, there's nothing quite like Christmas at Mama. I went to my first one in 2016. And it's just a great experience. The music is always wonderful. Tim is one of the most talented people I've ever had a chance to work with in terms of not just directing students musically, but putting together a program that has a nice flow to it. And so by the end of it, you've had this wonderful sort of experience. And he's working with the Office of Religious Life as well. They'll, they'll have some, uh, some, some commentary as well from the folks of the Office of Religious Life. But that, that'll be a lot, lot of fun. Okay. And uh, the Student Art Show, just a reminder, that's still going on at the Buchanan Center for the Arts. Well, it's actually, it's over in the gallery at the, um, yeah, over in the gallery of Hughes Libraries where where the student show is. Buchanan Center has the other show right now. The photography show. The photography show. Saving Spain. Which um, I could be more than glad to plug as well, considering I happen to know the executive director of the Buchanan Center pretty well. And, you know, that's another really cool thing to me. And I'm not just saying this because my wife's executive director of the Buchanan Center. But you think about this, we have two art shows going on simultaneously right now in Monmouth, Illinois. I mean, how many towns in the Midwest of 10,000 or fewer people have two art shows happening, an art, uh, uh, two musical events, and then a, uh, the Christmas on the Square on Friday night? I mean, that's we've got a lot happening in this community. And to me, that's something that, you know, that's, as I always like to joke, that's something you sing the doxology over. I mean, that's, that's something to celebrate. Yeah, no doubt. 
And speaking of stuff going on, we've got freezing for food starting today at 10 o'clock. So uh, don't forget to, you can just pull up to the curb. There'll be freezers right there uh, that'll take the cash. And the ladies from Helping Hands Food Pantry and Nancy from the Jamison Community Center, uh, we will be doing the shopping for you. We're very fortunate uh, that this is tax exempt. So we're extraordinarily fortunate every dollar will go uh, to filling those food pantries. Both both uh, entities have stated they're glad freezing for food is getting underway. They are in need of stocking their shelves at our local food pantries. There's things they can't get, too, from a Riverbend food bank that they're able to get uh, at the grocery store here with Save-A-Lot. Some of it, including uh, meat to go with a lot of the boxed meals and so on. So they've got it down to a science uh, as to what uh, what they need for the holiday season. And uh, if you're not if you're out and about and have to work and can't come, uh, but you want to get uh, you know something to drink, Dame Fine Coffee, all the tips. Those ladies are donating their hard-earned, hard-working tips to Freezing for Food as well. So pretty fortunate. What an incredible statement about this community's generosity. Yes. Well, hang on, Dwayne. We've got some sports to talk about coming okay. up. It is 831. Good morning.